This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Time now for William Bendix to star in The Life of Riley and a program that was first aired in 1948. Rel brings you The Life of Riley. shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley and a visit from your favorite, Red Skelton. A more doting father than Chester A. Riley would be hard to find, especially when it comes to his teenage daughter, Babs. No mother hen ever clucked so anxiously over a young chick. And whenever Riley starts clucking, as he's doing right now, it means only one thing. He's going to lay a big egg. Peg, Peg. Oh, hello, Riley. I didn't hear you come in. Peg, call a doctor, quick. Riley, what's happened? Is it Junior? He's been in an accident. Peg, call a psychiatrist right away. Oh, it's for you. <laughs> so lie down, dear. You'll snap out of it. And you'll just have to give up that riveting job. It's not for me. It's for Babs. I was passing her room just What's now. What's wrong with Babs? Well, come here. You'll see for yourself. Well, what's the matter? Is she... Shh, listen. In Babs' room. Oh, Tom, it's sweet of you to ask me to be your wife, but I can't think of marriage just yet. My career comes first. Of course, I'd be glad to wear your frat pin and go to the dance with you and drive around in your convertible, but let's not talk about marriage for a while. You hear that? Well? There's no one in the room with her. She's talking to herself. And what's worse, she's calling herself Tom. <laughs> what of it? She's forgotten she's a girl. This can get her into big trouble. Eh? Oh, Riley, come away from there. Babs is perfectly all right. That's that studying. Too much algebra. Drive anybody nuts. Always trying to find X. I know. I spent six years in high school looking for X, and I never found it. Riley. I know exactly what's wrong with Babs. You do? Well, uh, I, I didn't want to ask you, but as long as you brought it up yourself, uh, tell me, has there ever been anybody in your family who, uh, you, you know... Chester who... Riley. Are you asking me if there's ever been any insanity in my family? Yeah, nothing personal. <laughs> well, there was one person who everybody thought was crazy. Now we're getting somewhere. Who? Me, when I married you. <laughs> now, just a minute, Peg. What do you mean, oh, you... Oh, Miss Riley, how could you think for one minute that your own daughter is... Oh, but she's got symptoms, talking to herself, calling herself Tom. She's got symptoms, all right, but it's not what you think. Well, what could it be? Riley, do I have to take you aside and tell you the facts of life? 
Peg. Is there something I ought to know that you're holding back? Your daughter has fallen in love. Bad. Yes, that's why she spends half her time daydreaming out loud about this Tom. He's coming here to see her tonight. Babs in love. Babs. Well, why are you surprised? Is it so unusual for young people to fall in love? No, you're right, Peg. Love was always a big thing in my life, right up until the time I got married. <laughs> my sweet embraceable you... Oh, hello, Mother. Daddy, I didn't even know you were home. Oh, she's in a day. She's really got it bad. Yeah, her heart's so full of love, she's just got to pour it out in singing. Just listen to her. Well, I'm glad to see you're acting intelligent about this. I was afraid you'd make a fuss. Who, me? <laughs> What's there to make a fuss about? Because she's in love? Well, that's natural. Reminds me of the time when I was young. Remember in the park? I would sit on the bench where it was dark, and you'd sing, and then I'd... Babs, cut out that singing! <laughs> oh, Mother, it's almost eight. Tom will be here soon. Did you talk to Daddy? Well, not yet, Babs. Oh, but you promised. You know how Daddy is when a boy spends an evening here. Now, don't worry, dear. I'll get him to go to a movie. Hey, hey. Oh, do it now, Mother, before Tom gets All here. All right. Peg. You got a good book to loan me. I feel like staying in tonight and reading a book. I need some sleep. <laughs> Dear, uh, wouldn't you rather go to a movie? Yeah, okay, Dumplin'. Well, here's 50 cents. Have a good time. <laughs> well, uh, ain't you going? Uh, no, I, I think I'll stay in tonight. Oh, well, I don't like to go alone. I'll stay in and keep company with you. Oh, eh? Thank you, but I can do without you this evening. Well, hey, Babs, what are you all dressed up for? And who took the slipcovers off the couch? Riley. And look, cigarettes in the cigarette box. We expecting a visitor? Or oh, oh. <laughs> Tonight's the night your new crush is coming. Well, now I gotta stay here and meet him. Oh, no, you mustn't. I mustn't? Oh, well, uh, I mean... Oh, I get it. So that's why you're trying to push me out of the house. You're ashamed of me. Oh, oh I am not. You are so. You're afraid those fancy college friends of yours will think I ain't got culture. <laughs> well, it's time you learned you can't hide the truth. Now, don't be silly, Riley. Oh, come on, Daddy. Be nice. Go on. I had enough of this. Now, you listen to me. I'm the head of this house, and I do as I please. No one can bribe me with 50 cents and try to push me out of the house to go to a movie... Not if I don't want to. I ain't budging from this spot. Chester Riley. Well, all right, but at least give me 10 cents for popcorn. <laughs> hey there, Riley. Oh, it's you, Gillis. Why the glum gloom? I just had a little argument with Peg. Babs' boyfriend is visiting, so Peg tried to push me out of the house. You know what she said? How should I know? I ain't the kind of a guy goes around snooping, eavesdropping on his next-door neighbor. Oh boy, I told her off plenty. You were right. At least you should have given you ten cents for popcorn. <laughs> Gillis, you heard. 
Well, my radio went on the blink and I couldn't get it face to be ignorant, so instead I listened to you. <laughs> Women, always trying to push you around. Yeah, you gotta stand up to them. Yeah, fight back. Don't let them get away with it. Gillis, you wanna go to the movies with me? Riley, you ain't going to the movies and leave Babs in there with that college boy sitting on that couch. Oh, well, I don't care. If she's ashamed of me and don't want me around, I got my pride, you know. You think that's the reason she don't want you around? It's plain to see you ain't kept up with the modern American you. What other reason could there be? Riley, do I have to take you aside and tell you the facts of life? No, Peg promised to tell me. <laughs> Riley, think back 20 years. To the time when we was boys in Brooklyn and we called on girls. You thinking? Yeah. Well, then, don't you... rush me. I'm still thinking. <laughs> well, now you know. Gillis, you don't think... No, Babs is pretty sensible after if all. If I he... was Babs's father, I'd play it safe. The minute this guy steps in the house, throw him out on his ear. Well, I can't do that. He may be a nice kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be polite. No. Yeah, hide in a closet somewhere and keep your eyes and ears open. Gillis, you want me to be a spy? Why not? According to the newspapers, everybody's doing it. <laughs> well, okay. After all, I'm only doing it for Babs' sake. It's my duty as a father. And you're a wonderful father, Riley. Believe me, if I ever have a daughter, I'd only wish you could be her father. <laughs> Hey, Riley, when is he getting here? We've been in this closet a half hour already. Buddy, he ought to be here any minute. It's getting stuffy. There ain't much oxygen in here. Oh. Now oh, we'll have to save it. I'll breathe in and you breathe out. <laughs> what do you mean, Dom? Shh. I hear something. It's them. What are they saying? I can't hear. Move over, Gillis. I want to peek through the key. Yeah, wait a minute. This overcoat's falling down. Where? <clears throat> okay. Oh, yeah. Now we'll see. Well? What do you see? Uh, nothing yet. Oh, let me peek, Riley. I know from experience my eyeballs fit all your keyholes. <laughs> no, it's my keyhole. I'm gonna... I can see now. Yeah, what, 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 what? Babs what? just sat down on a couch. Aha. Uh -huh. And he sat down beside me. No, no, he's sitting away on the other side of the room. A smart operator. He's just maneuvering. He's getting up. He's walking. Aha. Uh -huh. Now he's on the couch. No, he took a cigarette from the coffee table. He's moving again. Uh-huh. Now he's on the couch. No, he went over to the window. Now he's turning around. He's coming back. He's near the chair. He's past the chair. He's past the coffee table. He's up to the lamp. Uh-huh. Now he's on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I told you so. <laughs> Babs moved to the other side of the room. He's chasing her. No, she just got up to get some candy. She's coming back. She's sitting down on the couch? Yeah. Uh-huh. But now he's getting up. <laughs> What a dope. For this, he went to college? <laughs> he went to the bookcase. He took out a book. Uh-huh. Now he's going back to the couch. Now he's... Dude! The lights went out. I'm going in there. Riley, wait. Go. Put on the lights. <gasps> Daddy, what are you doing in the closet? Mr. Riley. Uh, Don't you, uh, Mr. Riley, me, you, you, you couch slouch. Put on the lights this minute. Riley, what on earth he are you doing? He was hiding in the closet, Mother. That's lucky I was. They just put out the lights. Riley, the lights are on. Don't tell me. It's pitch black. There's an overcoat over your head. <laughs> oh, 
I think I'll go to the movies. <laughs> uh, good night, Babs. I'd better be going. Oh, oh, must you, Tom? I'll see you sometime. Wait, Tom, don't. I really must. Good night. Well, Tom, what? <laughs> oh, Babsy, darling, don't cry. Yeah, Babsy, don't cry. It's no harm done. Get away from her. <laughs> How could you? Humiliating me like that. He was going to ask me to go to the dance, and now he'll never take me. But, Babsy... Don't talk to me. I never want to speak to you ever, ever, ever. Oh, Chester Riley, spying on your own daughter. You want to be... I'll settle with you later. But, Pat... Don't talk to me. Babs, Babsy, darling. Gillis. Gillis, where are you? I'm still in the closet. (laughs) Gillis, old pal. Don't talk to me. I don't want to have nothing to do with a sneaky spy. What a revolting development this is. Riley, are you listening to me? Please, Peg, I'm eating breakfast, and it ain't polite for you to talk while my mouth is full. You've had enough to eat. Now, listen. Give me a couple more eggs. No, we're going to have this out once and for all. Do you realize what you've done? Give me another stack of wheat cakes. You just about broke Babs' heart, and all you can do is sit there and stuff yourself with wheat cakes. What possessed you to hide in that closet? How could you make such an idiot of yourself? Gillis helped me. (laughs) Can I have some more coffee? Oh, I just don't understand you. Well, a father's got to look after his daughter. Not through keyholes. My father didn't spy on me when you called on me. Well, I bet he regrets it to this very day. Give me some more wheat cakes. Oh, the poor child was up half the night crying. But a lot you care. That ain't true. Believe me, I'm heartbroken about this. Right now, just thinking about it, I got a big lump in my throat. That's the wheat cakes. <laughs> it ain't not. It's sediment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It'll be okay, Peg. I'll fix things up. It's too late. The damage has been done. You frightened her boyfriend off. He'll never take her to the prom now. Well, she can change boyfriends. And when the word gets round, she'll be the laughingstock of the whole neighborhood. So she'll change neighborhoods. It might be simpler if she just changed fathers. Well, that's a good idea. She could go work. That's not a nice thing to say. A guy can't sit down to breakfast without being insulted. Just a minute. Where are you going? I'm going out to eat breakfast. Change fathers, she said. After all I'd done for him, now they want to change fathers. Well, that's what they think. I'd like to meet the guy who tried to take me away from them. How do you do, Riley? Well, Digger, it's you. It is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. (laughs) Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. Well, what are you doing around here, Digger? Oh, I'm on my way to the weekly meeting of the UEPGC. UEPGC? The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Pallbearers Glee Club. I'm going to sing that popular song from the hit parade. What's that? Put him in a box, tie it with a ribbon, and drop it. (laughs) Digger, Digger, I'm in trouble. Oh, not again, Riley. No sooner do I pull you out of one hole than bingo, you're in another. One of these days you'll find yourself in a hole 
and I'll let you stay put. <laughs> well, I can't help it, Digger. The trouble with me is I always let people down. That's my trouble, too. <laughs> but I always cover up my mistakes. Well, I really pulled a boner this time. Babs was entertaining her boyfriend, and I spied on him from the closet. Oh, spying's a bad business. Yeah. I remember I once suspected that one of my assistants was loafing on the job. So I hid in a box and spied on him. Did you nail him? No, he nailed me. <laughs> oh, I was mortified. Well, I was caught too. Poor Beb, she's heartbroken. Now she's got no one to take her to the dance tonight. Riley, your problem is solved. I have just the boy for you. Yeah? Who? My wife's nephew. He's coming in from out of town today. Yeah, is, is he a nice boy? Well, I've never met the dear lad personally. But my wife comes from a fine family. Upstate farmers. The closer people are to the soil, the better I like them. Well, gee, he sounds okay. Will you send him over tonight for dinner? Indeed I will. Oh, Digger, you're a real pal. I can always count on you. That makes us even. I'm counting on you. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse oh, me. Oh, wait a minute, Digger. You didn't tell me your nephew's name. Oh, yes. It's Clem. Clem Cadiddle-Harper. <laughs> Cheerio! I'd better be shoveling off. Babs! Babs! Babs, open the door! Go away! But it's me, Daddy! Leave me alone! But Babs, I got good news. I fixed everything. But, Babs, you... Oh, Riley, haven't you done enough? But I got good news. Here I go and fix it so Babs can go to the dance and you... Oh, Daddy, you spoke to Tom. He's taking me to the dance. Not Tom. I got somebody better than Tom. Clem. Well, who's Clem? Well, he's a wonderful boy. You'll be crazy about him. Oh, Riley, you have no right to pick up strangers. Well, he ain't a stranger. He's Digger O'Dell's nephew. Oh. Yeah, Digger says he's a lovely boy. Well, if Mr. Odell says he's nice, I, I guess it's all right. Why, sure. And you know Digger, he don't make snap judgments. He always goes below the surface. <laughs> now, Clem will be here for dinner, and after you can go to the dance. But how do I know I'll like him? Don't worry. You'll like him. I guarantee it. The minute you see him, you'll swoon. Oh, oh but Daddy... But I... That's Clem. Oh, I'm not even dressed. Oh, neither am I. Well, hurry up and fix yourself up. I'll entertain him. Oh, Mother, where's my blue dress? Oh, I, I hung it in your closet. Now make it snappy. Well, here I am. couldn't have seen it. I don't drink. Well, I'll open the door. Maybe it ain't there anymore. It's still here. Where's 
I'm a girl. I hope she looks better than you do, brother. Yes, sir, you're looking at a man that's in the mood for romance. Boy, I ain't been kissed since we sold our nearsighted cow. Are you... Are you Clem Cadiddlehopper? Uh, don't let my pointed head fool you. I ain't Woody the Woodpecker. <laughs> uh, maybe I am. Oh, no, I, I couldn't be. Not with my ostrich like Nick. <laughs> Tell me, son, where did Digger Odell dig you up? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? I'm sorry I'm late, but I just went down to the draft board. Uh, 24s go now, you know. Uh, uh, the first doctor examined me and he said I was a moron. Well, I resented that. Uh, so I took it to a higher up. I demanded an IQ from three impartial psychiatrists. Uh, how did they finally classify you? Care to shake hands with an imbecile? <laughs> Look, Clem, Clem, you better go. There's been a mistake. I... Mistake? Yeah. Well, I got more information that you weren't expecting to see me. Well, not till Groundhog Day. No. <laughs> you shouldn't have come here like this. You should have phoned me, Clem. Well, I tried to phone you, but I can't get the hang of these city phones. You, know. you used up all my nickels trying to get the operator. Every time I put my nickel in and pull the receiver down, all I got was lemons and cherries. <laughs> Compared to this guy, I'm Einstein. <laughs> well, where's my girl? Drag her in. I can't stand here puckered up all night, you know. <laughs> this alum don't come cheap, you know. But, Clem, I told you there's a mistake. Well, let's get going, stupid. <laughs> Who are you calling stupid? Uh, don't flatter yourself. I was just talking to myself. <laughs> Clem, look, you gotta go, please. I ain't budging, not till I see my girl. Oh, beat me with a licorice whip. I'm the candy kid. <laughs> Clem. Clem, look. Clem. Clem, wait in here, huh? In here, huh? Well, what is this, Bob? That's the parlor. Kind of small for a parlor, isn't it? What, what are all these coat hangers doing? Hey, let me out of here. Clem, please. Clem, keep quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm late today. Well, Riley, where's the boy? He, he ain't here. He didn't come yet. Well, who was that at the door? Oh, uh, that the, the, the was the Fuller Brush Man. <laughs> That's those California moths. Peg, I, I got a call, Digger. Peg, don't open up that closet. The moths may attack you. I'll be right back. Hmm, there's something funny. I better take a look in that closet. Whoop! <laughs> I, I couldn't have seen it. I don't drink. Well, it's about time, girlie. Hey, who put out the light? There's an overcoat over your head Well, here I am You're Clem Cadiddlehopper? Yeah, don't let the hat fool you I ain't head of Cadiddlehopper <laughs> That's too fast for her She didn't get it She didn't, get it. didn't care much for it myself 
Are you my girl? You ain't no chicken, you know. Well, really, I... Well, let's get going now. Let's get going before you get any older. Come on, pucker up. Oh, well, I never... No, I never did either, but I'm going to tonight. Come here, my little flower. Mr. Cadiddlehopper. I'm trailing you, little honeysuckle. Well, now, Mr. I'm another. I'm a heels beels, I am. Wait, Mr. Cahopadoodle. Don't, don't. I'll call my husband. Uh, you can call him, but he'll have to bring his own girl. <laughs> Riley, help! Hey, what's... Hey, where are... Cadiddlehopper, get off my wife's lap. Well, what do you know? He's insanely jealous. <laughs> Chester Riley. Now, wait, Peg, I didn't... You expect Babs to go out with this... This... Shake this. hands with an imbecile. <laughs> Mother! Mother! Oh, Riley, if Babs sees him, she'll have a fit. Uh, I can't wait to get to the dance hall. I gotta get these things off. Shoes, they call them. <laughs> I'm warning you, Riley. Don't let Babs see him. She'll never speak to you again. Well, what can I do? He won't go in that closet again. Oh, yes, he will. Uh, come here, Clem. I knew she'd finally succumb. <laughs> Will you uh, wait in here, Clem? Uh, in the library? Looks just like the parlor to me. <laughs> hey, help me out here. Oh, here you are. Mother Tom just phoned. He's taking me to the dance after all. He's calling for me any minute. Where's my coat? Oh, oh, it's in the closet. Bam, don't. Uh, Oops. <laughs> Daddy, what on earth? I know, Babs, you don't drink, but you saw it all right. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Tom now. Oh, uh, Babs, here I am. What? I'm your, you're my date tonight, kiddo. Hello. Goodbye. Short evening, wasn't it? <laughs> I look like I'm stuck with you, Mom. Get your bubble gum. Let's blow. Wait, where are you going? If you think for one minute that I'm going to stay in the house with this... this... I'm still an imbecile. I'm in a rut. <laughs> I'm going to a movie. But, Dumplin', you... You can entertain Mr. Cadiddlehopper. But, uh, are you my date, brother? <laughs> nope, here I am. <laughs> what a revolting development this is. Chester A. Riley. Good night, folks. And now thanks to Red Skelton for joining us tonight. We loved it. Procter and Gamble invite you to join us again next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix is currently starring in the Babe Ruth story and Allied Artist Picture. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for radiantly clean, lovely hair, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, followed by Our Miss Brooks. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. 
Let George Do It was an American radio drama series produced from 1946 to 1954 by Owen and Pauline Vincent. Bob Bailey starred as private investigator George Valentine. Don Clark directed the scripts by David Victor and Jackson Gillis. And clients came to Valentine's office after reading a newspaper that carried his classified ad, Personal Notice. Dangers, my stock in trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you've got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. The newspaper ad varied from show to show, but always opened with Danger is my stock in trade and closed with Write full details. George Valentine was a professional detective. His secretary, Claire Brooks, a.k.a. Brooksy, as Valentine made his rounds in search of perpetrators, he occasionally encountered Brooksy's kid brother, Sonny, played by Eddie Firestone, or an elevator man, Caleb, played by Joseph Cairns. Police Lieutenant Riley, Walter Mahar, was a more regular guest. Now, here's an interesting little note. The background music was supplied by Eddie Dunstetter, initially with full orchestra. But when television surplanted radio as the country's primary home entertainment, Radio budgets got skimpier and skimpier, and Dunstetter's orchestra was downplayed to just an organ played by Dunstetter. Ouch. Here's the episode entitled Cousin Jeff. Your neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to... Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Compounded Motor Oil. George Valentine got out of the Army. He had an idea and just enough money to set up a small office and put an ad in the paper offering his services as a dog walker, a crime solver, a wife's banker, or whatever a client wants done. So far, he's met with fair success. He's had plenty of clients, but not all of them paid off. That hasn't discouraged George. He's an optimist. Right now, he's striding up to the side door of his office, the door that lets him into his private office without going through his waiting room. Ah, good morning, Sonny. Sonny? Claire? Hey, where is everybody? Oh, morning, Valentine. We were in the waiting room. We've been kind of busy. I've been taking him up and down the elevator. He never rode in one before. And now Claire's pointing out the tall buildings. Look, look, wait a minute, Sonny. Slow down, will you? What are you talking about? Your new client. Oh, have I got a new client? Yes, sir, and this is his first visit to the city. Oh, great. Where's he from? Three Oaks. Three Oaks. Three Oaks. Hey, that sounds familiar. Oh, I bet you'll like him, Mr. Valentine. He's very nice. Three Oaks. Oh, I know. My mother had some cousins living in Three Oaks. His name's Jeff Williams. Jeff Williams? Cousin Jeff. Hey, is he your cousin? Yeah, that's right. Haven't seen him in 25 years. He's probably married and has a dozen kids. Is he really your cousin, Mr. Valentine? Why, he isn't a bit like you. He's very nice. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Sonny. All right, carry on with the office work. I'll see you about Cousin Jeff. Yes, sir. Oh, good morning, Mr. Valentine. Good morning, Claire. Well, Cousin Jeff. Hello, Cousin George. <laughs> Say, it's been a long time, Jeff. How are you? I never felt better in my life, George. Your cousin was telling me that this is his first visit to the city, Mr. Valentine. Oh, is that so? Sit down, Jeff. Oh, after you, ma'am. Oh, thank you, Mr. Williams. You're welcome, ma'am. Well, I guess you're surprised to see me, George. 
I've been looking forward to this trip for a long time, but that farm sort of kept me tied down. But, Jeff, how'd you know where to find me? Am I, uh, famous, even in Three Oaks? Oh, I saw your advertisement, George. I have the newspapers mailed to me. World Route 4. Oh, I see. Well, uh, what's on your mind, Jeff? Well, it's like this. I, I had a little extra egg money put aside. Egg money? Mr. Williams has chickens. He sells the eggs. Oh. Oh, my chickens are sure good to me this year. I figure after I pay my hotel bill, I'll have about $100 for you, George. Well, what do you mean? Why give me $100? Well, <laughs> like this, George, I like my farm, you know. I was born and raised there, but it's pretty lonesome, especially winters. Oh, I'm way ahead of you, Jeff. You want me to find you a wife? Oh, I figure I'm doing my own courting. Only trouble, I can't find a girl to court. Really, Mr. Williams? <laughs> well, you see, ma'am... Most of the women in Three Oaks is already married, and those that aren't are spoken for. Oh, I find the girl and you caught her. Well, that's fair enough. But I, I gotta meet her by Wednesday night. Gotta get back home. Have to start my corn husking. Uh, did you have any special type in mind? Well, hope you'll forgive me, Miss Brooks, but I, I like a pretty girl like Miss Brooks. Claire? <laughs> Claire, what are you doing next Wednesday? I quit. <laughs> well, don't worry, Jeff. I'm sure I can help you. Well, there's only one other thing, George. She's got to be a girl who'll love my little Dolores. Dolores? And all her brothers and sisters. All her brothers and sisters? How many have you got? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven children? No, fifty-seven pigs. Pigs? Pigs. He raises pigs, Mr. Valentine. Uh, I hope you won't think I'm loony, but those pigs mean a lot to me. I'm fond of them, and they're fond of me. <laughs> okay, Jeff. Just leave everything to me. I'll find a girl for you, all right? Someone who'll love Dolores and all her brothers and sisters. All 57 of them. <laughs> bother you with questions, Mr. Valentine. But what are we doing here? Working for our new client. I promised I'd find him a girl, didn't I? Do you expect to find her in this alley? Well, this alley leads to the stage door entrance. Stage door? A showgirl? Sure, why not? She's got to be pretty. And I'll bet these girls are sick of the bright lights. They'd probably give their eye teeth to settle down on a farm. What are you going to do? Tap them on the shoulder and say, pardon me, but do you like pigs? <laughs> no, of course not. I'm going to be subtle about this. I'll tell him I'm an inquiring reporter. You get it, Claire? No, but it doesn't matter. Oh, it's 5.40. The matinee's over a half hour ago. Hey, here they come now. Say, there's a beauty. Yeah, she'll do. Oh, miss. Miss. Oh, oh, wait a minute, please. If it's a date, my mother don't let me go out on no dates. Besides, I'm booked solid for two months. Oh, no, no, I'm the inquiring reporter. I just want to ask you a question. Would you mind telling me, what's your favorite animal? My favorite animal? Mink. Mink. Yeah, mink. My mother likes ermine. Oh, I see. Well, thanks a lot. Maybe you could get Mr. Williams to raise mink instead of pig. Oh, now, I'll try a brunette this time. Oh, a miss. Miss. All right. Give me a pencil and I'll give you my autograph. Oh, no, thanks. That's not it. You see, I'm the inquiring reporter, and I'd like to ask you a question if you have a minute. Shoot. What's your favorite animal? Male. Male? Male. Oh, I see. Well, thanks a lot. Is that all? Yes, miss, thanks. That's plenty. If you'd like an interview for your paper and pictures, I'm uh, at the Brayton Hotel. I see. Well, I'll give you a buzz. And if a man's voice answers, don't hang up. That's me. I'm at the Brayton Hotel. <laughs> all right, all right. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh, Mr. Valentine, look at this. 
coming towards us. The baby doll type. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, miss, miss. You mean little old me? Yeah, that's right. Little old you. <laughs> they call me Kathy Phillips. What do they call you? Well, they call me the inquiring reporter. And I'd like to ask you a question, if you don't mind. Oh, I think that's just darling of you. What do you want to know? Well, I, I wish you'd tell me, what's your favorite animal? My favorite animal? That's right. Promise not to laugh. I promise. Cross your heart, hope to die. <laughs> hope to die. Well, then, don't you dare tell a soul, but I'm just mad about piggies. Oh, well, that's a nice thing. Piggies? Claire! Claire! We found her! I don't mean to rush you, Cousin George. That's not why I phoned. I'm just a little anxious, that's all. Now, will you be patient, Jeff? I think I found the right girl for you. She's small, she's pretty, she's blonde. But does she like pigs? Does she like pigs? The girl's mad about pigs. She sounds like the one I've been looking for, all right. When can I meet her, Cousin George? Why, she's in my office right now. I'll arrange a date for you tonight. You can take her out to dinner. Dinner? Say, maybe I better get my hair cut. <laughs> yeah, you do that, Jeff, and I'll call you later. Goodbye. Bye. Sonny, Sonny. Yes, sir? Uh, send Kathy Phillips in here, will you? I want to talk to her. Okay, Mr. Valentine. Uh, Mr. Valentine wants to see you, miss. He wants to little old me, Mr. Valentine. Yeah, sit down, Kathy. I want to talk to you. Did I win some sort of contest? Is that what this is all about? Ah, never mind. You'll find out soon enough. Kathy, do you like farms? Oh, Mr. Valentine, I adore farms. Of course, I've never been on a farm, but then when you adore something, well, you just adore it, that's all. Oh, yeah, sir. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Just so you like pigs. Uh, can you cook? Cook? You mean mix up things in the kitchen? Yeah, well, that's sort of the idea. Oh, I don't think anyone can mix up things in the kitchen like I can. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> well, never mind. Just so you like pigs. I brought my collection down for you to see, Mr. Valentine. Collection? What collection? It's in this box. Go ahead, open it. Yeah, well, uh, what is it? Oh, they don't hurt you, silly. Go on, open it. <laughs> All right, I'll buy it. What in the name of heaven are these? I told you, I just adore piggies. Great Caesar's ghost, Piggy Banks. Piggy Banks. Well, how was I to know? When she said piggies, I thought it was just her baby talk. She's got over a hundred Piggy Banks, Mr. Valentine. I counted Never them. mind the Piggy Banks. we got to do something. Good afternoon. Let George do it. Hello, Miss Brooks. How are you? Oh, fine, Jeff. Just a minute. It's your cousin. Oh, I gotta stall him. Hello, Jeff. I phoned to ask you about my date tonight, cousin George. Oh, well, now look, Jeff, you'll have to be patient. She can't make it tonight. Oh, shucks. I had my hair cut. <laughs> well, Jeff, it'll keep. She'll have dinner with you tomorrow night. Now, this girl is worth waiting for. I don't want to rush her, but I have to get back to start my corn husk. Yeah, you'll make it. Now, don't worry. Goodbye, Jeff. Yeah, goodbye. Mr. Valentine, I don't like this. Jeff is too nice to try to put something over on him. Now, Claire, what are you talking about? Kathy's a wonderful girl. Yeah, but Mr. Valentine, she won't know any more about pigs tomorrow night than she does right now. Oh, yes, she will. Because you two are to go down to the library and pick up all the books they have on pigs. Then what do we do with them? You'll see to it that Kathy reads them. What makes you think she can read? Then you read them to her. Take her to your apartment. Spend all day and all night if you have to. But I want that girl to know everything there is to know about pigs. You understand? Now get going. <laughs> Chandler Bookshop. Hello, this is Sonny Brooks. 
Is it too late to send out some books to us right away? Why, no, I don't believe so. We went through all they had in the library, but she still doesn't know anything about pigs. Uh, pigs? Yeah. Send us everything you've got. Send it to apartment 5306 Sharp Street. What street? Spell that, please. Sharp. S is in swine, H is in hogs, A is in animal, R is in ribs, and P is in pig's feet. Where's that waitress? Why doesn't she take our order? All that talk about pigs made me hungry. Oh, never mind, Sonny. She'll get around to us soon. Now, come on, Kathy. Name different kinds of pigs. Oh, Claire, I'm such a tired little old thing. Now, Kathy, Mr. Valentine has big plans for you. But you've got to know your pigs. Well, let me see. There's the Yorkshire pigs. They've got the darlingest little spots all over them. Hey, that's not right, is it, Claire? Kathy, Yorkshire are white. You mean the spotted pole in China. Its head is rugged, medium in length, and slightly dished in the profile. Oh, Claire, you use such big words. I guess I'm just a little old dummy. I wasn't very smart in school. I never will forget the trouble I had in fifth grade. You mean you got to the fifth grade? Son. <laughs> if you could only talk to someone who really knows pigs. Well, what'll it be, folks? Can I take your order? You order for us, Sonny. Well, we might as well stay in the spirit. We better have the best pork chops from great big pigs. Oh, the best pork chops come from the medium type, like the Berkshire and the Hampshire. Hey, Claire, listen to our waitress. Oh, I was raised on a farm. Well, won't well, people? Never mind the food. Just tell this girl everything you know about pigs. Yeah, and please, use words of only one syllable. <laughs> Come on, open up, open up. Say, where is everybody? Oh, it's you. Oh, good morning, Claire. Come in. Did I wake you? Wake me? I haven't been to bed yet. Well, you can sleep tonight. Say, how's our pupil getting along? I don't know about Kathy, but whenever I close my eyes, I see pigs. Yorkshire, Berkshire, Hampshire, Dura. Hey, you know your pigs all right. Oh, Mr. Valentine. Oh, good morning, Sonny. Where's Kathy? She's still learning her lines. Her lines? What are you talking about? Well, we finally hit on a system that works with her. We pretend she's playing a part in a show. Yeah, we write the lines and she learns them. I'll show you. Kathy? Oh, Kathy. I'm coming. Oh, Mr. Valentine, it's you. Yep, little old me. <laughs> Go ahead, Kathy. Recite for her. All right. <clears throat> the pole in China has a head that is rugged in appearance, medium in length, and slightly dished in the profile. Well, that's wonderful, marvelous, tremendous. Jeff will be the happiest man in Three Oaks. Jeff? Who's Jeff? Oh, uh, sit down, Kathy. The time has come for us to have a little talk. Oh, I just adore that, Mr. Valentine. Kathy, how would you like to settle down on a little farm? A farm with 57 pigs. I think that'd be just darling. Could I name them? Oh, sure, sure, of course. Now, look, Kathy, I'm not promising you anything, understand? But you'll have dinner with him tonight. Dinner? Oh, I am fond of eating. Yeah, I'll bet. Now, you meet him, he meets you. The rest is up to you, too. Oh, what do you mean, Mr. Valentine? Well, I mean, if he likes you and you like him, then you make your own plans. I'm just sort of bringing you together, that's all. Arranging a date for tonight. Uh, about that date, Mr. Valentine, I'm afraid I won't be able to keep it. You won't? Why not? I hate to disappoint you, Mr. Valentine. Why? What's wrong? Well, I'm afraid he might not like it. Who might not like it? My husband. Your husband? You've got a husband? Well, of course. Didn't I tell you? He's just the sweetest little old thing. He collects piggy banks, too. (laughs) 
certainly finds himself in an embarrassing situation now. While he's figuring out an answer, I'd like to have a little talk with you. You know, most folks are alike. We all enjoy doing business with the neighborhood grocer, the druggist, or the hardware man who gives us a friendly smile when we come in. Kind of a chap who asks about the kids when he wraps up our package. That's one reason why many folks like to trade at home-owned Chevron gas stations. They're run by local men who've made good, friendly, capable fellows who know most everyone in town and know their cars equally well. They're all mighty nice people to do business with. That's why you always feel at home when you stop at a Chevron gas station. There's another thing you can count on finding at Chevron gas stations. They all carry that climate-tailored Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM compounded motor oil. All of them honor your Chevron credit card, too. So whenever you're on a trip, make it a habit to stop at Chevron gas stations. found a girl for his client all night. Kathy was small, pretty, and blonde, and she learned all about pigs. There was only one catch. Kathy was already married. Now George, Claire, and Sonny are still in Claire's apartment. Why didn't you ask her if she was married? Well, I didn't think about it. The most important thing of all, and you didn't think about it. Well, it just didn't occur to me. I did mention settling down on a farm. But you didn't mention the farmer. Oh, I forgot. It slipped my mind. Oh, fine. Wonderful. And after all we went through teaching her about pigs. Yeah. Why, I can't even bear to look at bacon. And when I sleep, I don't snore anymore. I just go, oink, oink, Oh, Sonny, will you get out of here? <laughs> now, Claire, what are we going to do? Jeff is supposed to phone me here, and I'm supposed to have the date all set. What'll I tell him now? That's your problem, Mr. Valentine. I wash my hands of the whole thing. Oh, now, Claire, don't say that. Jeff's been looking forward to this trip for years. If I can't get him a bride, well, at least I can get him a dinner date. Besides, there's a hundred dollars. Claire. You don't think I'd accept money from my own cousin? You make me sound like a heel. Well? That must be Jeff. You talk to him. Oh, no. Talk to him yourself. Take your medicine like a man. Oh, fine secretary I've got. Hello? Hello, this is Jeff. Oh, hello, Jeff. I got another haircut, Cousin George. (laughs) Another haircut. That's great. What about my date for tonight? You know, I've got to get back to the farm tomorrow. Well, you see, it's like this, Jeff. Uh, You see, this girl knows her pigs all right. Fine, that'll give us something to talk about. Yeah, oh, she knows all about pigs. And you see, well, this girl is very pretty. I'm anxious to meet her. And, and you see, this girl is... Married. Will you stop it? Stop what? No, not you. You see, Jeff, it's like this. I... Oh, wait a minute. What's the matter? What's the matter? Why can't you have dinner with him? Me? Oh, no, you don't. What'd you say, Cousin George? Well, you're beautiful. I am. <laughs> and, and you know about pigs? Well, I ought to. I was raised with them. Well, how about it? You'd hand me over for a measly hundred dollars. Oh, now, don't get dramatic. It's just a dinner date. Well, it's more than just a dinner date. It's more than just a dinner date, and you know it. Now, look, it's his first trip to the city, and he's my cousin. How can I let him down? Let who down? You know he likes you. Remember, he said he wanted to meet a girl just like you. Like who? You'd sell your own grandmother for a hundred dollars. Who's grandmother? Oh, grandma's fine, thank you, George. (laughs) Oh, now listen, Claire. All you have to do is have dinner with him. Is that too much to ask of you? All right, I'll do it. You will have dinner with him? With who? I'll have a lot of dinners with him. I always wanted to live on a farm. Claire. Tell your cousin to get a haircut and meet me at Pierre's. (laughs) 
sure is nice of you to have dinner with me, Claire. It's nice of you to think it's nice of me. <laughs> I won't try to figure that out. No. Mm, I like it. You like what? Your haircut. Yeah, I had it cut twice. Say, maybe we ought to eat something. Yes, sounds like a good idea. Well, let's see what's on this bill affair. Oh. What's the matter? They don't spell very good. Huh? Oh, it's in French. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I didn't learn on the farm. Never mind, Jeff. I don't like this place anyway. It's much too expensive. Oh, that's all right. You're forgetting about my egg money. Now, look. Those chickens didn't go to all that trouble just so you could throw your money away on me. Come on. Oh, where'll we go? There's a restaurant in my neighborhood that has good food. And it's cheap, too. See? You're saving my money for me already. How'll I ever be able to thank Cousin George? You won't have to thank him. Just give him the hundred dollars. That's all he's interested in. Come on, Jeff. Let's go someplace where they know how to spell. Sonny, wake up. Sonny. Yorkshire, Berkshire, Hampshire, Sonny. Fallen Child, Sonny. and Durock. Hmm? Oh. Claire isn't home yet. I've been sitting here waiting for her to come back. What time is it? Three o'clock. It is? Then why'd you wake me? Let me go back to counting pigs. Oh. <laughs> Sonny, why would a dinner date take so long? Maybe he's a slow eater. <laughs> Sonny, you don't seem to realize how serious this is. She's been gone for eight hours. I've been sitting here watching the clock. Why don't you read something? I don't feel like reading. We got quite a choice of books. There's breeding pigs and pig breeding and pigs and their breeds. Hey, do you suppose she's purposely staying out late just to just to worry me? Well, she is. She has. Sonny, Jeff liked her. He liked her a lot. Sonny, did she like him? Well... My sister goes for the shy type. Oh. Would you call me shy? Well, Don't answer that. <laughs> you know, Sonny, I like her. So do I. Sonny, I think I love her. I think I do, too. <laughs> and I threw her at him. I forced her to go out with him. I'm a fool. I'm a sap. I'm a... A fathead. A fathead. Thanks a lot, Sonny. You're welcome, Mr. Valentine. That's the telephone. I'll get it. Hello? Hello? Claire, where are you? What are you doing at my place, Mr. Valentine? Well, I was, I was waiting for you to get back. Oh, you don't mean you were worried. Worried? Why should I worry? Claire, where are you? It's three o'clock. I thought you weren't worried. Well, it's just that, that... Well, I don't want you showing up late for work tomorrow. I won't be at work tomorrow, George. Claire, you call me George. Well, I'm in a sentimental mood. Hey, Claire, will you please tell me, where are you calling from? From Dr. Hutchison's house. Dr. Hutchison, are you hurt? He's a minister. A minister? Claire! Cousin Jeff said to send you his love. Goodbye, George. Eloped. Are you sure, Mr. Valentine? Sonny, will you get dressed and shut up? Yeah, but where are we going? We're going to annul the marriage. Mr. Valentine. You don't want Jeff for a brother-in-law, do you? And how will I get along without her? What will happen to me? What'll happen to me? I don't want to go to Three Oaks and live with pigs. No. Here's his address. Dr. Hutchison, 310 G Street. Come on. Yeah, but what'll we do there? He can tell us where they went. He can tell how to find her. I'm not giving her up, Sonny. Not without a fight. 
you think it's a little late to be busting in on people? No, I can't help that. I'll do the talking. Don't you think it's a little late to be ringing doorbells? Well, we've got to find her before he takes her to Three Oaks. Can I help you? Oh, uh, I want to speak to Dr. Hutchinson right away. It's very important. Are you sure? I hate to disturb him. He had to get up a little while ago. We had a wedding party here. A wedding party? Sonny, a wedding party. I heard it. Such a lovely young couple. And so much in love. Maybe it was some other couple, Mr. Valentine. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, was the groom tall and, and outdoorish looking? Oh, he was a very wholesome young man. He told me all about his pigs. Oh, pigs. It's the right people, all right. I never saw a happier bride in all my life. And I've seen a lot of brides. Are you sure she was happy? She was all smiles. She was all smiles, Mr. Valentine. Maybe it was just an act. Oh, no. At the end of the ceremony, when they kissed... Well, I never saw such a kiss in all my life. And I've seen a lot of kisses. Oh. Oh. Um, now then, um, what did you want to see my husband about? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Come on, Sonny. Goodbye. 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 Valentine? Mr. Valentine, what time is it? Four o'clock. Don't you think it's a little late for us to be out taking a walk? What else could we do? Sleep? I couldn't sleep. Well, I guess I couldn't either. Look, there's just the two of us left now, Sonny. We'll have to stick together. Then you're not going to try to stop her? Stop her? How can I stop her? We've got to think about her, Sonny. If she's happy, then, well, we'll just give her up. But, Mr. Valentine... We've got to be men. Well, I'll try. Come on, let's go in this restaurant and have some breakfast. We haven't had dinner yet. All right, then we'll have dinner. Not that I can eat. I don't think I'll ever be able to eat again. Is this table all right? Oh, what does it matter? I can't eat anyway. Well, then why'd we come in here? Well, I I just want to sit and look at the food and feel miserable. What'll it be, gentlemen? Scrambled eggs and a nice side order of ham. Ham? Don't even mention... Claire! Claire! What are you doing here? Working. Working? Excuse me, they want me in that booth. It's a wedding breakfast. Here, boy, I don't get this. Why should Mr. she... Mr. Valentine, look, in that booth. It's Jeff. Jeff? Oh, of course. It's their wedding breakfast. Then why is she working here as a waitress? Oh, well, maybe they haven't got enough money to get back to Three Oaks. Hey, he's coming to our table. You won't start a fight, will you, Mr. Valentine? Fight? I haven't got any fight left in me. Well, I'm sure glad to see you, Cousin George. I told Jeff you were here. Yeah. Well... Congratulations, Cousin Jeff. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I... I hope you'll be very happy. And that comes from the heart, Claire. What heart? Well, I... I guess the best man won. Be good to her, Jeff. You bet I will. Oh, uh, Cousin George, about the hundred dollars... Ah, forget it. Why, Mr. Valentine. Oh, no, I don't want to forget it. After all, you kept your part of the bargain, you got me a date, and... Now look what happened. And about the hundred dollars, Cousin oh. George... Buy yourself a wedding present, Jeff. A, a pig or something. A pig? Well, thanks a lot. Now I better get back to Margie. Yeah, you go right ahead and get... Margie? Who's Margie? Well, I thought you knew. Margie's my bride. Y- your bride? What about Claire? Claire is our bridesmaid. Claire, you mean... You remember Margie, don't you, Sonny? 
She waited on us when we were here yesterday. Hey, she's the girl who knows all about pigs. She sure does. You know, Margie was born just ten miles from my place, but can you beat it? We never met until Claire brought me here tonight. I knew it would be love at first sight. Oh, well, uh, Claire, look, i, I got to talk to you. Sit down. I can't, Mr. Valentine. I'm working for Margie for the rest of the day. I don't get off duty till six. Then I'll stay right here and wait for you. Well, I'll say goodbye. Our train leaves in a little while. I want you to know, Cousin George, that I'm the happiest man in the world. Oh, no, you're not. I am. Me too. Now, Jeff, you remember to look us up when you come back to the city. Oh, we won't be coming back. Margie and I decided that we'd stay in Three Oaks for the rest of our lives. Why, Jeff? Just settle down on a little farm and raise pigs. We'll hear George's voice again in just a moment. In most parts of the West, motorists are facing the time of year that's hardest on cars. Cooler weather and rain or snow always bring with them some annoying car troubles. Most of these can pretty well be avoided, however, by a checkup trip to your neighborhood Chevron dealer. He'll put the right grade of RPM compounded motor oil in your car's crankcase, see that its transmission and differential have the right kind of grease for the season, and he'll check your battery and accessories like windshield wiper blades, spark plugs, and lights. You can depend on getting a good job of winter checking at a Chevron gas station. Chevron dealers, you know, are in business for themselves. They've had plenty of car service experience before branching out on their own. So you can count on a competent, conscientious job. See about that winter checkup this weekend. Talk it over with your neighborhood Chevron gas station man. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley, next on Theater of the Mind. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.